Yo, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. I'm your host, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are available. Make sure you check us out on social media, IG at Carolina Sports Talk, or you can email the show at Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. I am excited to welcome you in today. We got a lot, so let's just go ahead and jump straight into it. Um, Those of you who follow the social media pages know that I have produced the first ever Carolina Sports Talk mock draft, Big Cliff edition. Yeah, I know. Hold your... I appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. No, really, really, really. Thank you. But as you saw on the IG, I just went for it. I I selected where where I believed the top 10 selections ought to go so without further ado and with the first pick in the 2021 draft the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence quarterback Clemson University Um, as I mentioned it is on social media so I'm not going to go through all of them Um, yeah well first pick Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence quarterback Clemson Second pick, the Jets will select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Third pick, Miami Dolphins will select Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Fourth pick, Trey Lance to the Atlanta Falcons, quarterback, North Dakota State. The fifth pick, the Bengals will select Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. The sixth pick belonging to the Philadelphia Eagles will be used to select Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. The seventh overall pick by the Detroit Lions will be Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. The eighth pick, your Carolina Panthers will select Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. And we'll get back to this in just a second. The ninth pick, the Denver Broncos will pick Patrick Sertain, the second, the cornerback out of Alabama. And to round out the top 10, the Dallas Cowboys will select Davion Nixon, defensive tackle, out of Iowa. So as I mentioned, we're going to talk about two of those top 10. If you disagree for, with me for any reason, first of all, why would you do that? Second of all, if you do, email the show cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Let me know why you think so. If you want to send a voice file that you want played on the show, or if you just want to yell at me in text, then cool, do that. Let me know and we can get you featured here on the show. But The first overall pick, a lot of us here in the Carolinas are familiar with him, Mr. Trevor Lawrence, the 6'6", 220-pound junior quarterback out of Clemson University. This young man is everything as advertised. Now, we've heard the phrase tossed around and thrown around generational talent. The last one that they said was Andrew Luck. Before him, there was the Peyton Mannings of the world. So if you have seen any of Clemson's games the last three years, you know that this guy is that serious. He's only lost two games in his collegiate career, and both of them were in national championships. But this uh, 2020 season, he threw for 3,153 yards with 24 touchdowns to only five interceptions. He is the perfect combination of size, speed, elusiveness, quickness, and just an overall cerebral player. Every throw on the field, he has the capability of executing whether it's the short dump offs, whether it's the the down the field bombs, whether it's the intermediate 20 to 30 yard passes. He literally 
can do all of it. And then you combine that with his running ability, whether it be in the RPO or if it's a designed quarterback run. He, I want to, I don't want to say he'll be using in a run as much as Cam Newton was, but with the way that the league is this year, just period, he has that ability to be the quarterback who can run, who can throw, and just be a total overall success for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now we know that as a franchise, they've traditionally just kind of been like, meh. Blah, and just kind of been there, but Trevor has the potential to really change that. Couple that with the fact that Urban Meyer is now the coach down there. We could possibly see some really big things happening for Jacksonville. With that being said, we wish that young man the best of luck because at this point, I'm willing to bet some of y'all's paychecks that there's no doubt that he's going to be there. So I'm one for one with the picks. Now we're going to drop down to the eighth overall pick. The top 10 that I've selected in Big Cliff's 1.0 mock draft we're with the assumption that there are no trades on draft day or trades prior to. I honestly believe that there's going to be a trade and that Carolina will not be picking at the eighth spot. But for the sake of this argument and for the sake of this projection, let's just assume that the Panthers say, hey, we're going to stick with Mr. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, and, and just give him the best opportunity to win this year and then reevaluate it at the end of the season. Because in, in all actuality, Aside from the 0-8 with game-winning opportunities on the line and with the ball in their hands and, and his record being 0-8 in those instances, he wasn't terrible through the season. So I'm going to give Teddy Two Gloves the benefit of the doubt with this selection. Now, if we consider what and where the Panthers have been lacking on offense, it's at the tight end position. Mr. Ian Thomas, the starting tight end of this year, has left a lot to be desired with the absence of Greg Olson, who left us or left the Panthers to go to Seattle and then from there has retired and will be part of Fox's broadcast team this year. But he was primarily used as a blocking tight end, only having one touchdown catch on the entire season. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got like 23 catches for less than 600 yards across the whole season. And then we know that that's not at all going to be able to cut it for a professional team, let alone a team that's looking to make a playoff run. Now, if you were to insert Mr. Kyle Pitts, who in 2020 had 43 receptions, 770 yards, 12 catches for a 17.9-yard average. Now, mind you, he missed three games now. Some of the knocks on him last season, the reason that he did not win the tight end of the year was that, oh, well, he's really just a wide receiver that lines up a tight end. So what was the focus that they had down in Florida this year? Let's put his hands in the dirt and have him on the line of scrimmage blocking as well as running routes. And as such, he just, again, blew everything away. He did have a slight dip in his receptions, but again, he missed three games. But he went from 54 in 2019 down to 43. His yards actually went up in 2020 from 649 to 770, um, and increasing his average from 12 yards to 17.9. He also more than doubled his output when it came to touchdowns. So the young man is dynamic. He's got a big body. As I mentioned, he has improved on his blocking. He has the ability to be dynamic. If you were to take Kel Kel Kelvin Benjamin, the former number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, line him up at tight end. Make him faster and make him a better route runner, you would then have Kyle Pitts. Now, can you guys imagine what the Carolina Panthers offense would look like, even with Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback position, but with 
a healthy Christian McCaffrey behind him. Now, we understand that in the slot that Curtis Samuel may and or may not be back this year, depending upon what they can do with the cap and what the final cap number looks like. But let's just go with me for this for this analogy. You've got Teddy Two Gloves, Christian McCaffrey. We've got Curtis Samuel in the slot. And then on one end, you've got DJ Moore. And on the other end, you've got Robbie Anderson. That dynamic offense will not be able to be stopped. Because with Teddy being who he is and taking the taking what Joe Brady is going to give that offense and just having it pushed down the field some, but primarily taking the smart play, taking the play that the defense gives them, they will be unstoppable because at that point, who do you cover on the field? This year, the tight end, they just knew that, oh, tight end in there, he's just an extra blocker. That's not, not something to worry about. They had Fitz trying to cover the wide receivers as it was. But you now add in a blocking tight end who's dynamic enough to run routes there, there's no, there's not going to be enough field and enough balls to go around to them guys because they are going to be that dynamic. So that is the reason that I selected Mr. Kyle Pitts, number eight overall to the Carolina Panthers. I would love to see some scenario of a way that, we, you know, we ended up trading for another quarterback and still managed to get Mr. Pitts. But realistically, I know that that's not going to happen. Along those lines, let's talk about the trades that may potentially happen. We've talked about it on previous episodes about how the <laughs> the sweepstakes for Mr. Deshaun Watson seems to go up daily. It's almost like folks are bidding against themselves and nobody's really bidding because the Texans say that they are not releasing him. But Mr. Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football on the NFL Network proposed a trade for the Panthers saying what it would take for them to pry Deshaun from the Texans. Now, and just in case you missed it, let me recap for you what Peter suggested the trade offer was. For the Panthers to get Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, they would have to give running back Christian McCaffrey, wide receiver Robbie Anderson, defensive end Brian Burns, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2022 first-round pick. Now, Peter, I, I know that you are really skilled at your job, and I know that you are just making a suggestion and a prognostication such as I am, but, sir, that ain't the answer. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Peter, you ain't got the answers, Sway. I'm trying to tell you about it, bro, because that is not where it's at. That's not what's happening, bro. Essentially, let's take a look at it, and let's break it down and digest this in, in small bites. Christian McCaffrey, if we were to trade him to any other team that's looking for a looking for a running back at the absolute bare bottom minimum, you're going to be able to get a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater, eh, he may be able to fetch you a third round pick. Now, defensive end Brian Burns after his second after his sophomore season has proven to be a lean quick big body defender with outstanding hands and who just can Michael Jackson lean all over these offensive linemen and get to the quarterback he is effective in the coverage dropping down whether we're in the 3-4 or the 4-3 base he is just a menace he has improved leaps and bounds from his rookie season and looks like he just has an even higher ceiling to go so Spider-Man could probably fetch you another first round pick Robbie Anderson He's a quicker, quick speedster. He's fast. He's elusive. He, you throw the ball 
50 yards down the, down the field, and he's going to be there waiting on it because he's just that quick. He can blow the top off of any defense. So well, let's, let's put a fifth-round draft pick on him. So essentially what Peter is suggesting is a first three, excuse me, four first-round picks, a third and a fifth to be able to get to Sean Watson to come to Carolina. Sir, that don't make no sense. That is too much. Now, as we said in a previous show, Deshaun has a no trade clause in his contract. So if he decides to, to say, nope, I'm not going, no matter what they work out, he doesn't have to go anywhere and he doesn't have to agree to it. So we would hope that any teams that he's getting ready to go to, he's not going to allow the cupboard to be completely bare because at the end of the day, if he wanted to be the focal point of mediocrity, he could stay in Houston and be with the Texans. But to be able to be successful and be able to be a part of a contender, there has to be a team there. And again, there is no other quarterback in the league that I would rather have other than Deshaun, maybe Patrick Mahomes. Because Pat, is a, he's a different character. But I'm taking Deshaun over Tom Brady. I'm taking him over Aaron Rodgers simply because he's got that youth and he's shown flashes. And with the right team in the right situation, he can do it. However... Four first rounds, a third, and a fifth is way too much. I understand and realistically realize that there's not a likely trade scenario for the Panthers to get him or any of the other tops, top quarterbacks, whether it be a Russell Wilson, whether it be uh, whomever else is available. There's no scenario that's likely going to not include Christian McCaffrey because we just simply don't have the draft capital. I get that, and, and I understand. However, to give up Christian and Brian Burns, and Robbie Anderson. Teddy, yeah, it's a part of it. A more realistic offer, Mr. Peter, would probably be the 2021 first-round pick, the 2022 first-round pick, and as much as it breaks my heart and a lot of the other Panther fans out here, probably even Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater. And if that wasn't enough, maybe, possibly, potentially, you can throw Robbie Anderson in there. There is no way the Panthers should let go of Brian Burns. His ceiling is too high. He is too valuable. And with the combination of everything else, that is just incredibly too much. This whole suggestion is giving me vibes of the Washington Redskins when they drafted RG3. They gave up way too much, had a contingency plan that ended up being their long-term plan when the RG3 didn't work out. And so they had given up already three first-round picks at that point in order to stick with the guy who they drafted in the third round. Panthers, don't be those guys, please. <laughs> All right. Now, we're going to move on slightly from the current or the future potential Carolina Panthers quarterback to the past quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, Mr. Cameron Jarrell Newton. Now, many of you may have heard about the little situation that Cam had, but in a recent 7-on-7 camp that Cam was sponsoring, he basically got called out by a kid for being a bum. Now, just in case you missed it, here's the sound of that interaction. You free agent, rich. You free agent. You about to be poor. I'm rich. You about to be poor. I'm rich. You about to be poor. I'm rich. You're a free agent. You're a free agent. You're a free agent. Why your daddy is? Let me talk to your dad. Let me talk to your dad. What's your dad? You're a free agent. What's your dad? Your dad's on your dad. He's a free agent. I'm sorry. Now, the kid was essentially telling Cam, yo, you're a bum. You're, you're not good. You're about to be, you're a free agent. Cam was like, but I'm rich, though. 
Like, and realistically, Cam Newton is rich. He has made through his NFL contracts alone over $112 million in his nine years in the NFL. That's not mentioned in any of his Oikos money or Dan and Oikos or whatever the Greek yogurt is. That's not mentioned none of his Under Armour, his Gatorade, none of that. $112 million in salary. Cam going to be rich. He's And the kid was cussing at him being completely disrespectful. Um, I don't understand why kids today. Now, y'all give me a second now because I'm going to stand on my soapbox for a second. I'm going to be the old man. You kids get off my lawn. That's going to be me for a moment. These kids these days do anything for clout. They get their little TikToks open and these guys are out here with an opportunity to be able to be mentored and to be taught by a former NFL MVP, a man who has won on every level of football that there is. He won in high school. He won a junior college championship at Blinn. He won a national championship at Auburn. He was in the Super Bowl and the league MVP in the NFL just six years ago. And so for you to say that he is trash and and that he is booty, and I'm I'm loosely, you know, because I'm not going to say the word that he said, but to tell this grown man that he's booty, that's not only disrespectful, but it's wrong. Now, we understand that Cam isn't the 2015 caliber Cam that he was. We understand that he's probably not even the 2018 Cam that he was. But this man, as he said this week, I know that there's not 32 men in the league better than me at quarterback. He's still a quality guy who can get somebody some wins in the right system, in the right type of situation. And so for this young man to, to just blatantly disrespect him was wrong. Now, as... As every other student or as every other person who goes through something wrong these days got do, he did offer up his apology on Twitter. Uh, the young man, and I quote, first and foremost, I want to express my deepest apologies to Cam Newton, my entire org, and my coaches for my actions at the 7 versus 7 tournament this past weekend. I did not intend for it to get as far as it did. First, I would like to start off by saying my parents never taught me to disrespect people. And he didn't say it like that, but I'm going to fix it for him. As a football player, I let my competitive side get the best of me, and it was a huge miscommunication. I was in the midst of a moment, and I realize now how a lot of you took it as disrespect. I never meant to humiliate and let anybody down. I am very appreciative for 7 versus 7 to even allow me the opportunity to be a part of community and allowing me to be a part of a team that I'm currently on. I realize that I can, dic- I can dictate my future as a young man having very big dreams and goals, but I will not allow this to stop me from getting where I need to be. So again, I apologize and hope I can be forgiven. <sighs> that little halfway apology, like he was like, I, I'm sorry that y'all boy took that wrong, but uh, I was just competitive. Bro, you weren't even on the field. You talking to a grown man. You lined up on Cam is going to get you smoked. Cam is 6'5", 265. And I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of Mr. Jaseth Owens, but he don't want them problems. So even with that, I'm in my competitive juices. But go ahead and miss me with that, young man. We we need to, as a as a culture, promote respect. Make respect cool again. Normalize respecting adults. I understand that you watch him on TV and and where we as fans talk about folks and and we think we know them because we see them so often. But at the end of the day, that's a grown man with 23 kids who got bills and responsibilities. And so he deserves the respect of not only that young man, but all of us. So, Cam, way to take the high road. There were some folks on Twitter trying to bash him, saying he shouldn't celebrate being rich. Bro, I don't know if y'all know it or not or remember, but Cam from Atlanta, shouted. 
That little fella, lucky that he ain't went down there around about a Waffle House and just went nuts on him, boy. But nonetheless, shout out to Cam Newton for handling that the proper way and being uh, respectful to the kid and even trying to. There was an additional video out there. You can check it out that Cam was just trying to talk to him and his father to say, hey, listen, that that ain't what it got to be. I'm not even mad about that. You can trash talk me all, all you want, but let's be respectful in whatever we doing. So, again, shout out to Cam Newton for that. And uh, Mr. Giseth, I hope you still make it and, and do some good things. We're going to pivot slightly and go to the NBA. I don't know if you guys saw it, but if y'all missed the Raptors versus the Timberwolves, boy, you missed the dunk of the year. And just in case you did, you can check it out on the IG at Carolina Sports Talk. We actually put the picture up of the dunk of the year. Mr. Anthony Edwards, Mr. First Pick in the Draft. That's a bad man right there. Uh, after posterizing Toronto Raptors for Utah wannabe, Edwards flashed his signature smile, according to USA Today. Um, the Timberwolves, however, did lose the game 86 to 81. Um, and this game was on in Toronto on Friday. Edwards himself finished with just seven points while shooting three of 14 from the field, 0 of seven from the three point range, and Minnesota fell to a league worst 7 and 23. Now, despite that abysmal performance that he had that was the dunk of the year um we actually had a contest on the ig and we want to give a shout out to mr shockwave my frat brother uh for the his quote that one failure is an option just not for me and in this particular one mr edwards proved that he was worthy of the number one overall draft pick now again as i mentioned the timberwolves have not had a an amazing a great a good an acceptable season, uh, but they uh, and as a result, they actually have gone and made some changes. Now, for those of you who didn't know, their coach, uh, Coach Saunders, Flip Saunders' son, was actually relieved of his duties, and they brought in the assistant from Toronto the very next day. So, hopefully, there can be something that's going to help them to turn around their season because um, the, during his rookie rookie season, Edwards has flashed, but he's been inconsistent. He's actually shooting. Uh, 38.3% from the field and 31.9% from three-point range, averaging about 14.6 points per season. And in the last two games, he's actually combined for 6 of 29 from the field and 0 for 11 from three-point range. This dunk just lets you know that he's got the athletic ability. The boy can jump out the gym. If he can just practice, we're talking about practice. If he can just practice some and just lock in with his shooting percentage, hopefully that with the coaching change can be enough to be able to help the Minnesota Timberwolves to boost their game to another level. Before I let you go, I do want to give a shout out to Mr. Tiger Woods. We hope for a speedy recovery. For those of you who do not know, Tiger was involved in a single vehicle rollover crash Tuesday morning near Los Angeles. Um, according to reports, Woods was conscious when deputies arrived on a scene in Rancho Polos Verdos, Los Angeles, County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said at a news conference on Tuesday. Um, according to the same reports, Woods was in a 2021 Genesis uh, going downhill on a winding road and crossed the median before crashing into a curb and overturning into brush. Neighbors called 911 about the crash at 7:12 local time, saying, We have to assume that they made the call almost immediately as it happened because the neighbors were sitting within 50 feet of the location, the sheriff said. Uh, according to the reports, Woods' injuries were not life-threatening, but he did suffer serious injuries to both of his legs 
after the crash. He was able to communicate and was conscious when the authorities arrived on the scene. But based on the injuries to both of his legs, he could not stand. And first responders uh, had to help get him out of the vehicle through the windshield. Now, also based on the reports that they that the sheriff was saying, it was not, according to them, under investigation for DUI. Uh, this was important because if you remember back in 2009, around Thanksgiving, Tiger Woods did have a DUI, and we all know the result of that. Uh, and so we're really glad to hear that he is alive, first and foremost, and we wish him a really speedy recovery. Well, I appreciate you for joining me today on... Um, another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Uh, we're looking forward to the many things that are getting ready to come. So if you're looking forward to getting some swag, we got some things that we're getting ready to send out. Make sure you follow the IG page at Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you email the show, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. We want to be able to get your feedback. We want to hear your ideas. We want to know what you want to hear about. So if you got high school sports you want us to talk about, if you want us to talk about your college sports, if you want your favorite team featured on Carolina Sports, email us, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Till the next time, thank you guys. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and anywhere your podcasts are available. Until the next time. It's your boy, Big Cliff. Holla at me.